Welcome to the Indigenous Approach, the official podcast of the First Special Forces Command, where we examine the role of the nation's premier partnered irregular warfare force from strategic value to culture and everything in between. All right, we're glad to be here with uh, some special guests uh, for this podcast. We've got with me uh, to begin answer, asking some questions is uh, our command psych, Doc O'Leary, but we're here with Dr. Harold Koning. He's here on Fort Bragg uh, teaching about moral injury to um, SOCOM, a SOCOM group, and he's agreed to uh, join us and share some of his thoughts and research. So we're glad to have you here. A little background, um, Harold Koning studied undergraduate with uh, Stanford with his medical school training, uh, University of California, and um, continued on at Duke. He's teaching at Duke as well as also a chair at various other prestigious uh, universities around the world. Um, published over 600 scientific peer reviewed academic articles and um, written over 57 books. So he's really looking at this, the, the idea in a lot of ways at um, how do you look at health and how do you look at religion and how does that have uh, effect in a positive way? So I'm excited about the discussion and glad you're here, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Anything else, uh, just kind of in your background, and also how did you begin to um, res- find research in this area? Well, I was uh, I was a family physician for a while and uh, also was a nurse and uh, trained in geriatric internal medicine and then went into psychiatry. So um, I continue to see patients today, so I'm a clinician as well as do a lot of research, designing studies, uh, analyzing the data, and and reporting the findings. So that's kind of my background. So could you tell us a little bit about the conference that um, you're a part of here at Fort Bragg? Yes, this is a three-a-day course where um, I'm teaching chaplains uh, for the, the, uh, the special forces um, to um, address and treat moral injury, particularly in the setting of PTSD. As you, so the two areas that that I've read some a lot of your research and we've talked some about is this the idea of spiritual readiness as well as uh, moral injury, and we've been working um, here across First Special Forces Command. We work with USASOC, the uh, HPW, and the biggest key, even why I'm glad. Uh, Doc O'Leary's here, as as we go through the domains, we look at, um, you know, the mind, the spirit, the body, the family. We look at how all these things come together and working together. And and um, as you look at that, we've been looking at how does, how do we build spiritual performance? How do we look at spiritual readiness? Um, how, in your research, how is religion and spirituality um, helpful? How have you found that helpful in the research um, for people as they're dealing with stress and other situations. Yeah, so uh, religious and spiritual vo- involvement is a very important aspect of health that influences all other aspects of a person's health, their mental health, their social health, their relationships, their behaviors, as well as their physical health. And so research shows a very close uh, connection between all of those other aspects of health and a person's spiritual and and religious beliefs and activities. As we start looking at at those aspects, specifically moral injury, could you what is what is moral injury? Could you give us a definition and uh, maybe an understanding of what what it is for some of our listeners who have no idea? 
Yeah, moral injury is a syndrome that often occurs in the setting of 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 trauma. And of course, war trauma is 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 one of the most common uh, settings in which people experience moral injuries. And a moral injury involves a transgression of moral values. So basically, uh, you know, when you're out there doing stuff in a battle, you 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 may do some things that that may transgress your moral values. That may may involve killing. That may involve, uh, uh, you know killing innocents or even friendly fire that may involve just uh, just seeing a lot of uh, a lot of casualties in dealing um, with uh, w- with that whole situation and 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 even surviving after if many of your close uh, teammates have died or um, or even if you've been close friends with somebody who has committed suicide, for example, uh, all of these experiences are both traumatic and they often create these moral injuries that generate feelings such as guilt, guilt, shame, shame, um, feeling that you somehow betrayed your moral values and and feeling at times that you have been betrayed by others, perhaps even your leaders. Um, there are symptoms of loss of trust, loss of meaning and purpose. There's uh, self condemnation, where you know where where you 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 condemn yourself for what you've done, for your actions or your inactions, for not having acted at a time when you should have acted. Um, so all of these these uh, experiences generate internal conflict, and this also includes spiritual conflict um, and uh, religious struggles. Where was God in this whole situation? And then uh, also it affects a person's faith and their hope in the future. So moral injury involves this syndrome of of these of deep internal conflict that can last for years and years and can interfere with the person's ability to accomplish missions and and their spiritual readiness their readiness to be their very best in um, during battle in the in the class you and you mentioned several of them but maybe people who are listening are kind of thinking like wait a second I've I've had some of those things where I've been angry at God angry at others um, the three sort of areas that you, when you think of symptoms of moral injury, is psychological, and within the psychological part, guilt and shame, uh, betrayal of others, loss of trust, self condemnation. Then another category was a spiritual. So there's like a psychological, a spiritual, which is purpose and meaning, um, difficulty forgiving, uh, moral concerns, and then there's a religious part too. So this within moral injury, there's a, there's a religious component. So as we're trying to help someone through, could be being hurt by faith or a, a rocking of faith. Maybe we grew up with certain values, and our life is in, incongruent with that. Either we've sinned, or we've done something that is, has changed. We've gotten in trouble, or vice versa. Something has happened to us, where someone who was a leader did something that we felt shouldn't have and that God should have intervened or something else. So there's kind of those categories. So as our listeners are kind of thinking, okay, I guess maybe I have dealt some with moral injury. Um, what would be some of the things maybe 
places to start um, to sort of unravel or even getting some help um, working through some of those areas. Yeah, you know, um, these are very painful experiences, and and many of many with moral injury, um, we all experience moral injury to some degree. You know, um, we don't really want to talk about it. We want to kind of keep it hidden uh, sometimes, and that's the worst thing you can do. The worst thing you can do is to keep it hidden and and keep it to yourself. What you need to do is you need to find someone who can create a safe place for you to be able to share these these thoughts and these feelings that that you're having. And oftentimes that'll be a chaplain. It's a good good place to start would be talking to a chaplain simply because um, it's completely confidential. The, the chaplain is has is sworn not to reveal anything that you say to them to anybody. And so it's it's a place of complete confidentiality. And, uh, you know, it's a great place to start. And if the chaplain feels you might need uh, some more in-depth treatment that the chaplain can offer, he'll often refer um, you to a behavioral health specialist who may uh, do, do other kinds of therapies and treatments or even a medical provider who might be uh, going to may prescribe medication that might be helpful for other things that moral injury can be associated with like depression, PTSD, severe anxiety, substance use problems. So um, not all of those can be handled uh, by the chaplain, but the chaplain can advise you on 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 who to see that who might help you, and a lot of the things was related to moral injury, the chaplain can, can help you work through it, help you process it. So you can be free of this. You don't have to live with moral injury. You don't even really need to live with PTSD. You know, moral injury and PTSD are very closely related. And there are treatments for these that are very effective, and the, the chaplain can help you with this. So over the years, um, you know, when we're doing, you know, psychotherapy, we're looking for irrational beliefs. We're looking for inappropriate guilt. And one of the <clears throat> some of the most difficult and resistant PTSDs I've ever PTSD I've ever treated was when someone breaks the rules of engagement, or they kill children, or do something that truly, you know. And as a clinician, I'm not in the realm of forgiveness. So over the years, I've used the chaplains. You know, we hit this line, and I'm like, hey. You need to go speak to someone that actually can work with forgiveness and help you work through this. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I'll help you with this. But sometimes guilt is appropriate. And if it's appropriate, I'm not changing that. And that's where our spiritual side comes in. The unique thing, I think, about our teams here at First Special Forces is that it really can be a team of teams of helping professionals just because our problems aren't in a silo. Often the solutions uh, shouldn't be in a silo either. Um, within the HPW, we have strength coaches, we have physical therapists, we have psychs, we have cognitive. There's all kinds of different people to help. And um, even with the spiritual, there's people that are in chronic pain. Well, they can't sleep. There's other kinds of things. But then that affects their marriage. It affects um, their life in different ways. And and um, so how we begin to work through that, we have to um, work through it as a, t as a team. Um, so I think that's important. I was just talking fairly recently to a, uh, the physical therapist and, and she said, all these 
people come because of their knee or whatever else, but then they start asking, they start talking about all kinds of other things. So at the end of the day, it's about trust and it's about reaching out. And, And I think what's really great about our team is we're able to refer and say, hey, great. If they're talking to you while you're helping their knee, then continue, but then let's get them the right help that they need. So I think that could you talk a little bit as you look at uh, health and and the health industry about how important it is to that there's multiple aspects to it. It's not just one like a siloed problem. That problem is is broader. Yeah, you know any any problems in any of these areas physical, behavioral, social, and spiritual it influences all of them. It, it it's it's never just located in one area. Because if you have a problem physically, it affects your mental health. It affects how you're feeling. It affects your relationships. It affects your spiritual health. And if you have a problem in your relationships, it can affect your physical health, certainly your mental health, and it can affect your spiritual health. And the one thing about spirituality is that it really affects everything. Um, It affects... um, and there's plenty of research to back this up, objective research showing that 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 a spiritual life that is that is um, that is fit can um, that is ready spiritual readiness can influence and maximize a person's relationships. It can guide their behavior. It can affect how they're feeling, their well-being and happiness in life. And it can and it can affect their physical well-being as well and their their ability to endure pain and endure uh, very very difficult circumstances. Uh, that spiritual life is critical. In fact, it may be the most important aspect of the warfighter's um, readiness for going into very difficult and complicated situations. Oftentimes, we will ask for help when it comes to a, a, a physical injury, or even now I think we've gotten better at asking when it's a, when it's a psychological or sleep, but sometimes spiritual or personal, we almost feel like there's areas we're not allowed to talk about because we'll we'll deal with shame or or other things. Um, I was here. What we've been working through is we created a spiritual performance guide, looking at how do we begin to build spiritual readiness. And one of the things um, is when you look at spiritual performance areas, it's belief, behavior, and then moral injury is that third piece. Um, I was talking with one of the commanders after we had a workout in in the HPW facility, and I, I showed him page, it's page 11 and 12 if you have the guide. But I explained to him this way, I said, physically, if we're in the gym, we work our, our strength. We might do pull-ups or squats or whatever, and we're working this strength. That's from a spiritual perspective, there's beliefs, beliefs that give us that strength. But then we don't just work out. We also are doing cardiovascular running, other things, and that's behavior. How does the belief and the behavior work together? But I said the third area that's in these focus areas is moral injury. And oftentimes we don't look at that. We say, oh, deal with it or get out of the army rather than looking at it like a physical injury. If somebody was squatting and all of a sudden they, you know, tore their their knee or or some aspect of their body, we would stop, they would rest, they would get rehab and they would get the help they need. Um, oftentimes this moral injury piece, it's awkward. Uh, 
shameful. And then sometimes we don't even know how to categorize it. But I'm wondering is if even just by talking about it in this podcast, if people realized, hey, I'm not broken. There's a part of me that's hurt. There's some situations that are stressed. And maybe if I looked at it like tearing a muscle, we could rest, we could recover and get some help. Um, Does that analogy make sense? I think for this commander, he said, wow, I've never thought of it that way before as we look at spiritual performance. But um, what, how does that, does that make sense? And are there ways, what would be those ways to recover? Well, you know, um, spiritual, uh, moral injury, moral injury is a syndrome. And and we're actually thinking of maybe introducing it as a disorder in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual in Psychiatry, because it does, it's, it's, it's a syndrome. And many people have this. If, if you're experiencing any of these symptoms that, that we've been talking about, this is a condition that many people struggle with. They don't recognize that they're not the only one going through this. And, and because this is a, a condition, it is, um, it is a condition that's readily treatable. So we can do things that can help you, particularly the chaplain. When you're struggling with issues of, of having done stuff that you're ashamed of or you're guilty over, there are, there are procedures that the chaplain can do that can give you relief from this, that can, can help. And, and getting relief from something like moral injury will, will enhance your spiritual readiness because you're not focused on these, in, these internal feelings that go on over and over again in your mind, and they, they create these horrible emotions that, that, that cripple you and that interfere with your ability to, uh, to do your duty when you're called on to accomplish a mission. So it's critical that you recognize that if you're struggling with this, you need to talk with someone about it. And there are various things that particularly chaplains can do that can, have, that can relieve you of these symptoms. There is hope. Part of the hope, um, what we've been working on with the spiritual performance stuff, but also is this idea of uh, person-centered care. So sometimes people feel like, oh, if I go talk to the chaplain, he's going to beat me over the head with the Bible, or he's gonna, he or she is going to um, say, be like me, you know, do this, do this, do this. But I, I think trying to understand where you're, fr- you're at and then a network, the unique thing about the Army chaplaincy is we've got chaplains all across the Army in all different faith groups. So creating a plan for a Buddhist or Muslim, someone who uh, has no faith at all, but is still struggling with moral and uh, elements of, of moral injury or religious or spiritual aspects. Because some of you are listening and are saying, well, I don't go to church. I went a long time ago. I'm not interested in any of that, but I'm still, I don't feel okay. And it's, it's figuring out how do we reach out and my thing would be reach out to someone you trust. And uh, if it's the chaplain, great. If it's behavioral health, if it's someone else, reach out to someone you trust, and then those people will uh, point you in the, the right direction. Uh, but I think the key, uh, person-centered care, and then there's specific ways that we could begin. Any, any thoughts, uh, Doc? 
about what we've been talking about? <laughs> Specifically, I was just kind of thinking about something. I was actually examining some of my own beliefs because, you know, when you say spirituality, I'm Catholic, and I think of, you know, being a Catholic. Uh, but uh, the Chaplain Corps has very much expanded beyond that and, you know, meeting people where they're at. So I think, you know, I know in the field of psychology, we've gotten very good at trading uh, – our technology is significantly improved with PTSD and TBIs, but I've also seen the same growth in the chaplain corps. So very different chaplain corps than it was when I joined 30 years ago. As we talk about moral injury, oftentimes we can be almost like we're in an echo chamber of our own life. All of us, we know what's going on and whether it's pain or other kinds of things and uh, hopelessness, but sometimes we can be the victim. Is there Evidence, or is there maybe as we shift in the discussion, stress doesn't necessarily ha- isn't necessarily a bad thing. If we go back to the physical part, there's a tearing of the muscle and then a rebuilding of the muscle to be stronger. Well, when we're in difficult things, we aren't necessarily victims. There's an element where hard things can begin to make us stronger. So there, I've heard the term uh, post traumatic growth. There's also a part of just stress in general, uh, oftentimes we think, oh, you'd just be happy. But is there a part where stress um, in general can actually be a good thing? I think stress can be a very good thing. Even even sometimes um, the moral injury itself can be a good thing um, and the internal conflict that it creates. And, and even PTSD can, can shake us out of our, uh, you know, our, our our sense of tranquility that we don't want to change, we don't want to grow. No, most people don't really want to change. They they don't. They want to kind of remain the same, particularly if they're doing okay. But you know these these negative experiences that we have really really push us out of our our complacency and bring us into a a place where we can grow, where we're open to new ideas. I mean, it's literally built into your nervous system, the neuroplasticity of the brain, that when trauma occurs, you, in order to survive, your brain becomes more adaptive and, and new synapses occur. So there, there is an actual growth that can occur. And with moral injury, there is tremendous potential to go beyond just the relief of the negative symptoms, but to go on to an entire transformation where you end up being much further along in your sense of meaning and purpose and hope than you were before, before the trauma even occurred. And you know, the chaplain, the the behavioral health specialist can, can help you through this process that will ultimately lead to a life that is much more deeper and much more significant than it could have ever been had this negative traumatic experience never happened to you. So th- there is real possibilities here. And what opens the door sometimes is the pain, the pain that gets you out of your complacency. Some of you, if you're still listening to this podcast as you're driving to work or, or working out, um, might find this interesting as I've been doing some research, what you re- and I'm, I don't claim to be a, a, a doctor or anything, but as, as I've been reading, I think some of you realize that are a little bit older. As, our, as we get older, there's a decreasing um, capability or capacity for us to continue get, to getting stronger 
and getting better. So it's that we weren't as strong as we used to be. And you start realizing as we get older, we through injuries and other things. But the unique thing about the spiritual spiritual growth and spiritual performance, as we call it here, is that the opposite is true. The older you get, um, there's actually an increased potential for spiritual growth. Um, there's multiple reasons for that. But uh, I think there's times when our as our body begins to get weaker or or more and more fragile, we get closer to the end of our lives and we start thinking about things that really matter. Um, initially, if, and some of you might now, even as you're reflecting, you think back, you go, man, when I was 20, there were certain things that really mattered to me. But now that I'm 40 or now that I'm 50, those things have shifted. And sometimes you start realizing that it's people are what, what are important, relationships, other kinds of things, meaning, value, and even... Um, uh, other things. So I, I want to just challenge our listeners even that there's an element of moral injury. There's other types of aspects of spiritual uh, growth or performance. But I think the key is we, you know, who are we? How do we build our spiritual core? Um, how do we look at purpose? How do we look at our path ahead? Where are we trying to go? Um, what are the ways and the practices that we're, uh, that we're using to help us in that direction? And then the last piece is people. Uh, don't do it alone. Uh, who are the people in your life? Uh, and sometimes, I mean, a lot of us in, in this community understand the team. It's how is our team going to be able to help us? And some of you, even that are listening right now, say, I'm alone. There's there's aspects of my life that my wife, my friends, others don't know about, and I'm in pain. And my challenge for you would be to reach out to somebody um, and don't do this alone. Because I think the one one of the main ways that we get stronger and better is by uh, speaking to other people, help having other people encourage us along the way. And uh, specifically from my lane, uh, if we grow the spiritual uh, core and um, that spiritual domain, um, it can help us through an awful lot of difficult things. You were uh, talking about existential growth. And one of the final developmental stages, if you tie into you know existential psychology, is facing your own mortality. And this is like one of the most difficult stages to go through when you have to, most of us spend most of our life believing, you know, denying that we're going to die. And calm, And when you go through this stage, you're supposed, and most people don't make it through it, actually. Um, but you're supposed to have an entire lifetime of experiences and growth and, and wisdom, you know, to help guide you through this. But combat, we... <laughs> the people I've seen combat have absolutely no, there's no denying how fragile life is and knowing that I can die. And so for many uh, young soldiers, this starts this developmental stage. And on the other side of it, and this chaplain was mentioning, you know, when I was younger, you know, I was very big on rank and uh, degrees and how much money people made. But people that make it through this developmental stage, uh, you know, they ask different questions. They ask, is a person kind? Are they honest? Are they reliable? And that's kind of a state develop that. So if you get stuck, though, with PTSD, that can get you stuck and you quit moving forward. And we've gotten very good at treating PTSD. And if there's actual moral injury, you know, then they have to team up with the psych and a chaplain or whatever that religious figure, that spiritual figure is for you to help you move forward. But there's absolutely no need for people to be stuck. Any thoughts, sir? You know, I think um, um, I think um, our uh, psychiatrist, Doctor O'Leary, uh, really put it well. 
I think uh, there's no need for you to be stuck in this internal conflict. There's absolutely no need. And, um, you know, you're actually probably at a good place now, despite all of the pain. You may say, well, this guy is crazy. I want to get rid of this pain. But you're at a place where now you are open to grow and to become more than you could, as I said earlier, ever could have been had this trauma or experience not occurred. So get help. Don't do it alone. You can't do it alone. You cannot do it alone. Uh, Doing it alone leads downhill. It's a vicious cycle downhill. The forces against you are way, way stronger than what you can handle. Get somebody's help on this because you can get out of it and then you can help somebody else in the same situation you're in. And that's where the joy and the peace really come in that makes life really worth living. That's great. Um, as we close out this podcast, could uh, would you be able to give us some resources if somebody says, hey, I'm, I wanna, I'm interested in learning some more uh, about um, maybe what Duke is doing, maybe a few things what you're doing at your school, as well as is there a a website, another place that we could go, and then we'll also put some of that information in the show notes as well. Yeah, sure. Um, we have a Center for Spirituality, Theology, and Health at Duke University. All you have to do is put it in your Google search uh, bar, and you can find it. And we've got lots of resources there for you to uh, look at. Uh, you know, a lot of it's for free. Some of it costs, but most of it's for free. And I, I, have a, I have a new book out called Nothing More Important. Nothing More Important. It's a book about faith, faith in God, and why that is there is nothing more important for living a full, vibrant life than faith in God. And I think you would enjoy that, especially if you know you have some questions about your faith. I talk about myself, I talk about my wife and our our struggles both together and and separately. So I think you would really enjoy that. But go to our go to our center website too. There's lots of stuff there you might find useful. All right, we, as we close out, I'll let our our two other uh podcast uh guests listen uh think about what the answer is, but I'm I'm going to ask them what's their favorite quote that they'd want to share um, as we close out this podcast. But there's, I've got a lot of quotes, but one that I wanted to share with you today is this. It's uh, John Kabat-Zinn, and his quote is, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. And as I think of that, sometimes even just the image, if, you, if you're riding along and you're thinking, what, what's that? what is that even talking about? I think, think about if you've ever been to the beach. And you've walked out and you, can, you have a couple decisions to make. You can either say, I hate the sand and <laughs> drive on by. You can choose to stay on the beach. Uh, you can choose to go in the water. Um, and sometimes we can stand in the middle of the crashing of the wave and that wave just can knock you down. I don't know if you've ever had that happen where you've stood in the, in the wave and it knocked you down and then you, you weren't sure what to do. Or I think what this quote even says and what I would challenge some of you to do is what happens if you get past that crash and you move all the way out to where um, you can examine and look at the waves and then realize where the waves are coming. And then you could have the time of your life by just learning a few things and actually surfing those waves. And I think all of us have had some really challenges, but I said, but instead of running away 
or instead of standing, trying to stop the waves and getting pelted, if we move on past and maybe get some help to show, I know when I was surfing in Hawaii, uh, I needed someone to show me how to do it. And uh, maybe that's what a chaplain, behavioral health, or even a friend could do is begin to help us um, navigate that stuff and actually have a blast uh, on the way through. So I want to share that quote with you. As we close out, do you have a quote that you'd like to share? You know, I've just come, you caught me off guard. I went completely blank and uh, almost all the ones that are popping up are completely inappropriate for this podcast. (laughs) All right. We'll we'll bleep those out then. (laughs) Appreciate it. How about you, sir? A final, either a quote or a final word that you'd like to have. Well, you know, um, I hate to actually give you this, but this is what came up. I didn't have, I I had a blank too. But for some reason, there's this little song that came into my mind. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. All right. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your faith. And again, all of us are going through difficulties and challenges. And um, digging into your faith as we look, what, what is it that gives you strength? And um, just as you said, you sometimes we can look back to our faith as a kid and remember those times. I don't know about you, but I remember the little old lady that taught my Sunday school class that put up with a, an ornery three-year-old or a, or a 10-year-old that uh, probably got kicked out of uh, Sunday school, but they put up with me, and, and I'm here today because of that. So it reminds me when I think of, of our childhood songs, of the fact that we are weaker than we'd like to admit sometimes, and that we need God's um, help every step of the way. So if there's anything that we can do, we want to help. And again, Thank you for joining us at this Indigenous Approach podcast. God bless you.